Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Ava. Thank you. I'm, I'm so, so excited to be here. I'm so excited. And we're recording live in the studio. Yes. It's a vibe. It is a vibe. It's my first time recording a podcast in person, actually. Which is crazy. Isn't it so fun? Yes. Yeah, like when when I had the first recording in person with Jen a few weeks ago, I was like, I can't record on Zoom anymore. Oh, that was your first one? Yeah, that was my first one. And then from there, I just started doing everything in person. I came here and I was like, there's no going back. Yeah, I love this. This is very official. (laughs) It feels good. And I love just like being in person. Yeah. Because obviously we've hung out before, but I feel like channeling that energy into the podcast is just going to be so good. So can you just introduce yourself for anyone listening who doesn't follow you or isn't familiar with your podcast? Yes, of course. My name is Ava. I'm a holistic registered dietitian. I'm also a podcast host, which is actually how we met, I think, yes, right? that is how we met. I had you on my podcast, and I'm also the founder of Avanuri Wellness, and my whole mission is to help others thrive beyond their limits into their, like, happiest, healthiest, best selves, and I do that through my method, which blends science with intuition to kind of help people get over the limits that they place on themselves, the stories they tell themselves, and become, Oof. Yeah. yes highest self I hadn't heard the pitch yet but I love it no (laughs) that's literally it and I've been talking about that a lot recently when it comes to the limits you put on yourself and how that comes back to your beliefs about yourself and your potential and your worthiness right so I love that and can you also share your sun moon and rising I knew you were going to ask me this, Leo so I queen, checked last right? night. Yes, I'm a, I'm a Leo queen. I'm a Leo sun. I actually have a lot of Leo in my chart. Funny yeah? story, my mom, so I didn't know what exact time I was born at until a few weeks ago. Yeah. Because my mom went to Iran, like a few, I was born in Iran, and then I moved here when I was like three, but I like wasn't born in an American hospital, so I couldn't check, and my mom went back to Iran to my birth city a few weeks ago and her present to me like she brought back gifts for everyone and she was like oh I have a present for you she went she knows the the doctor who like helped give birth to me who wow how do you say that like who yeah. gave birth to me she gave birth <laughs> to me but the doctor who was there and she went to the hospital that he like worked at and he helped her find the record and I was born at exactly 9 a.m. Wow. And I was using that time, so it doesn't really change much. Well, but it no, that's actually so interesting me. because every time I yeah. ask anyone, what time were you born? And they're not really sure. They're like, I think it was 9 a.m. Oh, that's so Like, funny. that's what people always say. So yeah. I'm always like, are you sure it was 9 a.m.? Because that's what parents say when they can't remember. That's so funny. <laughs> I I also was, like, not really believing her when she said 9 a.m. Because she would say 8.30 sometimes. Sometimes it'd be 9.30. But it was 9 a.m. So I'm a Leo sun, a Virgo rising and then a libra moon yes and i remember i think we pulled it up together yeah and i said yes i can see you being a virgo rising yeah i'm very that's the organ the organization one right yeah but it's also like wellness and serving other people and like health and gut health yes 
that that's is Virgo. my whole thing and we can get into that but yeah so I really align with that I don't know that much about Libra moon do you so you have a Libra moon in the second house if you're a Virgo rising so wow. the way I would say that is like how it comes into our reality when you have a Libra moon in the second house the second house is about I mean food and classic sharing food <laughs> with others so the Libra coming into play there with like being around other people and like sharing food like you were saying oh my ideal hangout would be to cook together yes I feel I like that's dinner literally that, like that's, a dinner party yeah and also working through your sense of self and your self-worth but through the lens of your relationships Ooh, yeah I'm really big on relationships actually that's like a big kind of lesson in my life and a big part of my life is my relationships it's something I'm going through right now so we can get into that as well yeah. we have so many things we can cover yes because you've been long for distance me. for a while yes and now I you're have. moving back to I LA am. which I'm selfishly very sad about I know but I'm excited too. for you at the same time and I'll be in Thank LA you. often so I'm yes. sure we'll still hang out all the time but 100%. yeah a little backstory for everyone listening on how we met so basically you invited me to be on your podcast yes. and then we have a mutual friend called Nick mm-hmm. and literally a few days before we recorded the podcast he makes a group chat with the two of us and yep. he's like you guys I can't believe that you guys are recording a podcast together you're going to like instantly like click yeah and it really was just like he we're was so right similar. he was totally right yeah totally right and he like I told him before he put us in that group chat that's how he found out And this is, like, one of my best friends from high school. And he was like, this makes so much sense. Like, I I could have seen this coming from miles away. So it's just really funny how that worked out. Yeah, I know. I love it. And, yeah, yeah, so if you guys want to hear my episode on Abba's podcast, you can tune into Thoughts on Thriving. Thoughts on Thriving, yes. Yes, I love the little rhyme. I know, the alliteration. A little tongue tongue twister for me sometimes. I'm trying to say fast. (laughs) okay so when we're talking before we started recording about what we wanted to dive into we were saying how we wanted to start off just kind of going into your own inner growth journey Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's been my favorite thing to go into with like any guests that I bring on is what has your relationship with yourself looked like and how it is how has it evolved how has it fueled growth for you and yeah kind of take me back yeah I mean, I feel like it all started for me a really long time ago, and it really also aligns with my wellness journey, because I think that is the kind of first step to inner growth. A lot of people get into health first, and then they get into all the other stuff, the spirituality, the kind of self-development piece of it. Yeah, or they go into wellness first from a toxic place. Yes. And then working on their relationship with themselves is what helps them achieve the healthier place. Exactly. And that's sort of how my story unfolded. I got into nutrition at a very young age and I think that's kind of like a common theme throughout my whole story is that a lot of things happened to me pretty young so when I was in eighth grade I got into nutrition which is so young to when you like look back on it that is very young yeah I ate like a really shitty diet growing up for a long time Mm -hmm. I mean I grew up on home-cooked meals but then for a while I was eating so much junk food chips and candy and McDonald's every day like just really not a great diet and I feel like that happens a lot with immigrant families is Mm -hmm. they try to kind of keep your culture and the parents cook the home-cooked meals they do all this work to kind of keep that culture ingrained in you and the kids just want to go the other way and they want to kind of become Americanized and so that's sort of what happened to me and I just you know when you live in America that's kind of what happens Mm -hmm. so um, I went through all of that at a young age and then 
my body is very sensitive. It always has been. I've had a sensitive digestive system my whole life, and just my body feels a lot of things. It's very, Which, going back to the yeah. Virgo rising, right. our rising is our body, and Virgo represents the gut. So this so. makes a lot of sense to me now. And that all caught up to me at a very young age. I feel like a lot of people can get away with eating a lot of junk food and not really you know, fueling themselves properly for a long time before it catches up to them. But for me, like, by the time I was in eighth grade, I was like, something's got to change because I'm not feeling good. And so that's when I kind of first got into health and nutrition, but it wasn't a deep dive. It was just sort of eating more fruits and vegetables and making smoothies and things like that. And then that slowly kind of just became a part of my life. And in around sophomore year of high school, as with a lot of people who you know, are controlling, type A, perfectionists. But for me, it happened so early on and it wasn't even as much about my body. I mean, yes, you know, I grew up in LA. The body was important. That piece was important. But what was more important to me was that I started seeing the effects of my healthy eating in my body. And it was like an input Mm. that I could control that would lead to a certain output. So that kind of got addictive to me and I just kept going down that route. And I didn't even realize I had an eating disorder for a really long time. It wasn't until one of my best friends kind of sat me down and told me that she thought I had an eating disorder. And I was like, you know what, like you're right. And that's kind of when I started slowly but surely getting into the actual like nutrition science. And that's when my love for nutrition really began. And I started really diving into the literature, learning about how important it is to fuel your body. And, you know, I thought I was healthy doing what I was doing. I thought I was healthy restricting my calories, eating these certain foods only, eating at these times, fasting for this long. Like, I thought all of that was healthy. I didn't know I was harming myself. Were those some of the rules that you had to, like, restricting food groups? It, hour, it was, like, yeah. hours of the day that you it was couldn't more, eat or could eat? Yeah, it was food groups, but more so it was, like, the amount, portion sizes. Like, scale, like, I did the stuff? scale for a little bit, but honestly, once you learn, like, you kind of know. So I didn't, like, use the scale all the time. For me, more so it was, like, just the, the amount, the calories and calorie counting and logging my food. So that was going on for a really long time. And like I was saying, I thought that was healthy because people online would like tell you to do that. They would say, download my fitness pal and, you know, track your food. This is how you are going to be healthy. Count your macros, things like that. So that sort of kind of was the mindset I grew up with. And then when I got into the actual science of it, you learn how important it is to actually fuel your body and give your body the nourishment it needs. And that was kind of a wake-up call for me. Like, I think I'm this healthy person, but I'm not giving myself the macro and micronutrients that my body is screaming for. Did you know that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, it's time to make 2024 the year that you finally check it off the list using Babbel. When it comes to learning new languages, something about me that a lot of people actually don't know is that I'm fluent in three different languages because I grew up in Brazil, I speak Portuguese fluently, and then I also am fluent in English and in Spanish, but I also am currently learning how to speak Italian because I started learning it in college for my study abroad program in Milan, but then my program ended up being canceled, so I never really got the chance to fully learn Italian, which is why Babbel has been coming in so handy for me. It's a science-backed language learning app that was designed by real people for real conversations 
conversations and Babbel's tips and tools are super approachable. They're rooted in real life situations and they are delivered in the app through conversational based teaching. So I've been using Babbel to learn how to order food, ask for directions and speak to merchants so that next time I go to Italy, I can practice my Italian and also speak confidently. So if you're also in a journey to learn a new language, I have a special limited time deal for our inner growth listeners. Right now, you can get up to 60% off a Babbel subscription and this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash growth. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash growth spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash growth. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ciao! I'm not actually healthy. And so my goal has always been health. It was never to be, you know, to look a certain way. I mean, of course that got in the way, but that's what kind of woke me up from it. And it was like, if you actually want to be healthy, this is not the way to go about it. Yeah. And when you went to study that though, what was the intention? Well, the intention, it's funny. I, we had this big like research paper we had to write in junior year of high school. And I, wrote mine I was curious it had to be on a controversial topic so I wrote mine on plant-based diets that's how I actually initially got into the nutrition literature because there's a lot of literature around plant-based diets um, comparing it to the standard American diet all that so that's actually what got me into the nutrition science is researching plant-based diets for this paper that I was writing for like five months of high school and that's sort of what led me down that rabbit hole and taught me how to fuel myself and that's actually how I became vegan because the literature was very compelling and that was the era of like everyone being vegan and everyone kind of following this diet because it's so much better for you than the standard American diet it prevents diabetes it prevents cardiovascular disease it prevents all these different things according to all these papers, according to these books, these movies that were coming out. I don't know if you remember, like, The Game Changers, What the Health, all these movies. Yeah. These documentaries. They were all about, like, veganism? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that... I haven't watched them, but... Yeah. I mean, we can get into... I'm not vegan anymore. Yeah, we're going to debunk some myths. Yeah, I'm not vegan anymore, but... But yes, that's, that's what initially got me into all of it. And that's why you went to study that in college too. Yes. So then I went to, to make a long story short, I was like, I want to do this. Went to college, studied nutrition, wanted to be a doctor at first that helped prevent, you know, an integrative doctor, preventative medicine. Realized that Western medicine is not the way to do that. Western medicine is awesome in a lot of cases, but it's not a very preventative modality. So then I found dietetics in college actually. I didn't even know what a registered dietitian was until I went to college. And that's when I realized that that was the career path I wanted to go down. And ever since then, that's what I've been doing. So trained at the Bronx VA hospital here in New York, and I'm a registered dietitian now. I, yeah, have developed kind of my own method for all of this based on all these experiences. And along with this, to go back to your question. I was going to say, like, I'm sure that all caused you to grow a lot, especially yeah. in your career and in your yeah. relationship to your body and what you were saying, even learning about the science, how that helped you change the way you approached your eating. But there's also the spiritual side. I know you're a very spiritual person. Yeah. And I want to hear about that too. So exactly. What I was going to say was that Throughout all of this, in college, I went through a spiritual awakening process around the same time you did. And I know we talked about this. Was it during lockdown? 
Yeah, it started before though, and I had always kind of been spiritual. My mom is very spiritual, same, just here. like your mom. And we're like mirrors. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. When we first kind of discovered all this, we were like, "Whoa! Like, what is going on?" Yeah. But um, yeah, so I always kind of was doing sort of spiritual things when I was in high school. Part of healing from my eating disorder, like I never went to see anyone for it. I never got help, which. I don't recommend like that's not what I yeah, would recommend same. to Especially other people. Especially like this, the mental health side. Yeah but I, I kind of got out of it on my own and a lot of that had to do with books I was reading, podcasts, all on self-growth and I would do affirmations. That's when I kind of got into journaling. So I was into all of that but the actual like spiritual awakening process happened for me during lockdown a little bit before but really during COVID. So it's more like your relationship with yourself was already kind of happening and improving through yes. like affirmations and podcasts and that which was a big part of my experience in lockdown too but then the aspect more of like I'm more than my body I actually am a soul my energy like yes. manifestation like that level of awakening or even even like how your soul and your spirit can tie to like your mental health and like the overthinking all of that the like, deeper parts of it the deeper part of the spiritual yeah. awakening happened later yes and what kicks was it the power of now that kickstarted it for the me secret? it was actually i think gabby bernstein's work okay yeah um the universe she's has done that back. for a lot of people which i know I, mm-hmm. I know she's great super attractor is a great book by her if you're wanting to get into all of this the universe has your back and i also read the four agreements yes i love that book i think that was my like second or third personal yeah. growth book that i read in. yeah it's so good. I always so recommend good. it. And I love the power of now. Um, but what also happened is I started dating my boyfriend. And he's a very yes. spiritual person as well. And his parents actually both got masters in spiritual psychology. No. Yes, years ago. Wow. Yeah. And they, Wait, that's a thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're from L.A., so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe I found my master. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to get a master's degree. And, you know, I, I want to wow. eventually do this program. Yeah, it's... Um, it's in L.A.? In L.A. It's through USM, the University of Santa Monica, I think, is what it's called. But they did this program, and they kind of go through the teachings of the spiritual teacher named John Roger. Have you heard of him? No. Or his books? He's written so many books. And he is just... He's not alive anymore, but... He, his teachings are just so incredible. And when I started dating my boyfriend, he wasn't pushing any of this on me. But Mm -hmm. eventually he saw that I was going through my own journey and I was unlearning so many things. And during COVID, you know, I feel like a lot of us kind of were looking at our lives, looking at our relationships, looking at what we were doing that didn't align. And a lot was purging. A lot was changing at that time in my life. And he was like, I really think that this would help you. And so... They actually see like a spiritual healer, energy worker. I don't even know what to call him. He's also a Chinese medicine doctor. Uh, and he was like, I really think you should have a session with him. Like, I think it would really help you. Mm-hmm. And that was really the catalyst to the Whoa. deeper growth for me. Like the books and the affirmations and everything were amazing. I still do all of that to this day. I started meditating at this time as well, which has been a game changer in not only my spiritual growth, but my mental health and also my physical health. Yeah, facts. Yeah. It's like literally, if you don't meditate, (laughs) please start. But like get over. Yeah. I'm an overthinker and just like practice it. Yes. Um, It's it's wait. So I'm so curious. What was this 
consultation like? Like, because he was a lot of different things. Yeah, he's so a lot of different was things. was it, like, a talking session? Like, yes. Almost like a coaching session? Yeah, it's kind of, like, energy clearing. They integrate, like... Coaching, therapy, in a way, all combined in one. So you got to this doctor, or this healer, and what did you do? Well, the first session wasn't anything crazy, but... He starts to kind of drop these little things and he starts teaching you tools. And that's what really has changed the game for me. And it's not like you have to find someone to teach you all these things. These things are all out there. But for me, that really helped me to kind of get the tools that I need for my own personal growth. So things like setting intentions for your day, things like disconnecting from the world around you so that you can kind of get back into your own energy. Forgiveness. That's a huge thing. That's a part of my life. Like I, at the end of the day, every day, forgive and release anything that I was judging that day, any hatred, any negative thoughts, any like limiting beliefs. I just forgive it all because that's truly the way that you can kind of go back to yourself is through forgiving all the things that aren't you. Have you ever heard of Ho'oponopono? <laughs> yes, my mom actually showed me that. So during yeah. my awakening as well, my therapist told me about it. And then recently when I was in Brazil, I went to like a massage and the massage um therapist i guess you called him or the massager massager what do you massage masseuse, therapist? The masseuse. Masseuse, masseuse. The masseuse, yes. um she was talking to me through the session through the like the massage and i was just kind of sharing what was going on in my life and she told me about the hoponopono again which for anyone listening and doesn't know what this is it's basically like a mini prayer that you say or like a yeah. affirmation that you say and it's been used in like hawaiian prisons i think or something like that to like help people move through forgiveness and a better relationship with themselves. And I'm pretty sure it's just, I'm sorry, pr- please forgive me. I thank you. I love you. I love you. you. Yep. And it's just like repeating that for like five minutes or a minute. And I started doing it more again. And I haven't done it in a while actually, but it clears so much to be in so forgiveness. Much. And that doesn't mean like, oh, you know, be naive and like just have no boundaries or whatever. But right. it's just like, freeing yourself of this energy that gets so heavy if you don't release it and freeing yourself from your ego too because your ego can get in the way so often and that's another big learning I've had through this whole experience is that I am not my ego I am soul right like we are all soul we are all worthy divine human beings and you can use whatever word you want I use God and we are all a part of God's creation right we're all equal in that sense too so when your ego starts to come and tell you that you're better than other people that you're worse that you're separate that's kind of preventing you from living in that soul-led place from that highest self place so you have to be so ruthless and disciplined with yourself to not let those voices get in the way and forgiveness is a huge thing because it's going to get in the way at certain times like we're human we make mistakes this that's a part of this level that we're in on earth is like we're here to make mistakes and learn and grow from them but the goal for me, I think, is to have less and less of those mistakes and to just be more and more disciplined about not allowing those voices to get in the way. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was amazing. <laughs> and I love that. And what do you think out of all of that? I mean, you just shared a lot of things, but I did. I did. Or, you know, from all of that, what were some of the biggest sources of the growth? I mean, forgiveness, you said, learning to release the ego and release mm-hmm. like this sense of like I'm better than someone else or I'm worse than someone else or the sense of separation right so like feeling more united almost or like like, like a sense we are of all oneness one. yeah. with everyone yeah anything else that you feel like has been 
a part of your inner growth? Yeah, I think. Well, I think the main thing with all of this is it's returning back to love. And there's a great book Marianne Williamson wrote called A Return to Love. It's, and it's great. It's a great yeah, book. It's yes. also, if you're on this whole journey, read that book as well. But that's kind of been another big piece of it is returning back to my loving. Because I can get into that aggressive, angry, kind of just ego fiery, place. Fiery Leo, place. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm easily aggravated and irritated but returning back to my loving has kind of been it's it's been a game changer it allows you to soften it allows you I just to had to like of, go yeah and my download was that if you have your Virgo rising but then you're a Leo that means you have your sun so your sense of self your sense of shining in the world in the 12th house which is about meditation spiritual work oh my gosh going within <laughs> like the inner part of the work of like being with yourself Wow. And that's crazy. Yeah. That's been like you know, my whole life. As much as you're really big on like the nutrition and the physical health, like you shine within the spiritual as well. It's been a really big thing that I've been trying to integrate into my nutritional life. And <laughs> oh my God. And Leo energy is the heart. Yeah. So like going back to love, like it's opening your heart also, mm-hmm. which I'm big on too. It's just like how can you open yourself more to receive more love and to give more love and to love yourself more? Exactly. And that's what I try to do with the loving piece is like love everyone love everything you can you know you you can not like people you can choose not to participate with people or with things in this world but never take your loving away because that's your superpower like don't let it close your heart yeah because that's very real and i feel like for many years in my life like i would let situations or people or my own thoughts close my heart and who's that hurting and you feel so much like of a shrinking it's yeah it's only hurting you you. Mm mm-hmm Wow. And I think that really ties into your kind of like mission, which is the loving wellness Mm -hmm. principle. So can you share a little bit about that? Yes. So to tie it back into health and wellness, um, I practice something I like to call loving wellness. And it's really based on two questions that I like to ask myself and my mentor, the guy I was mentioning earlier, the spiritual healer, he actually taught me these two questions. And he didn't teach them to me in terms of wellness, but I think that they can really be applied to wellness. So I like to use them in the sense of, you know, what am I feeding my body? What workouts am I doing? And those two questions are, A, is it loving? So going back to the loving piece, is it going to be loving to your body? Like, does your body feel that sense of like, like feels really good, feels loving to me? And B, is it serving me? So is it serving me as in my soul, like my highest good? Is It's not the question of whether it's serving your ego or serving that quick fix that you want or yes. serving that part of you that wants instant gratification is it serving your highest and greatest good like your highest self yeah bro i like <laughs> i can't i feel like the more that i learn about astrology and the more people i asked about their astrology i'm just like <laughs> it's there it's there no, service it's is virgo uh-huh. is it serving me and heart and loving is leo oh my god is it loving That's i'm like it. <laughs> I was literally, I literally go like, oh my god! I know, like, Carolina was like, oh my gosh! Wow, I love that, and yeah. I think that's really important because sometimes we, we will self sabotage, and like you'll do right. stuff that isn't the most loving to your body, or isn't the most like, you know, beneficial thing, or isn't necessarily yeah. gonna serve who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so another piece of the loving is discipline, because 
I think discipline gets a bad reputation these days. I think just in general. Do you think so? In health and wellness, we've gone through the, to the Actually, other side. Actually, didn't you make a reel about it I recently? did. I did. That's why I thought you were being sarcastic when you said, do you think so? Because, like, I no. talk about it a lot. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah. like, I, I saw this recently, and then I put it together. I was like, no, you talked about it. No, yeah, real. that was me. No, but, I, yeah, it's interesting. Keep, it dive does. into that more. Because I don't think that it has a bad rep. Well, I think discipline gets tied into restriction sometimes so that's the kind of bad rep i'm talking about it gets tied into Mm. like the whole diet culture world and i think just in general in this you know space that we're in in wellness right now we've swung to the other side of the pendulum so it used to be restriction 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 count your calories count your macros let's all be skinny that was the kind of vibe years ago right and though I kind of feel like it's coming back it is unfortunately in a not so great way yeah, in a not a so great way. way with Ozempic and all of those things and a glorification of like the skinny yeah like, yeah, like skinny is back but aside from that the place we were at right before all this Ozempic <laughs> stuff started happening was diet culture and yeah. everything is healthy and you know everything diet culture is bad and I agree diet culture is horrible and we should not feed into it but not everything is diet culture and it's so nuanced and I think with that taking care of your body kind of got a bad reputation like people who were doing things Mm. that were loving to their bodies were seen as restrictive people even though they had no issues because it depends on the energy that you're doing it with Exactly. And that brings me to my next point with loving wellness is intentional eating and intentional living. That's like a big pillar of it. And it's a big thing I teach because the energy with which you do things matters. So for me, Mm. what's really important is, you know, why are you eating these foods? Are you eating the foods that love you back? What's your intention behind it? I like to use broccoli as an example because it's a pretty non-controversial food. But For example, you could have someone eating broccoli and they could be eating broccoli even though they hate broccoli because they saw in a magazine that it would make them skinny. They're doing it from a place of self-loathing because they hate their bodies and they want to change it. And they might be eating broccoli because everyone else is, so they're just going with the status quo. That's a very different intention of eating broccoli than someone who's eating broccoli because they love it. They love the way it makes their body feel. They're eating it to get all the nourishment and the phytochemicals and the antioxidants and all the nutrients in the broccoli. And they're eating it because they love their bodies and they want to respect their bodies and do it from that place of self-love. So that's kind of the difference is really checking in on your intentions behind the foods you're eating. And not only the foods you're eating, but the workouts you're doing, the people you surround yourself with. Like this is all affecting our health, our health, our minds, our bodies, like yeah it's all encompassing so it's not just intentional Mm -hmm. eating it's intentional living yeah so almost like intuitive eating is the intuition part where it's like yeah what is your body telling you like Mm -hmm. listening to your body more or like listening to that voice inside of your head that's like nudging you but the intentional living intentional eating intentional wellness is just like thinking about the why behind the things that you do and the energy that you're bringing with it Yeah, because even you could think intuitively you want to do something, but is that really your intuition, A? Have you done enough work around yourself to know what your intuition is actually telling you? And also, why are you doing it? Like, are you doing it because your intuition is telling you to do this to look a certain way? Or are you doing it because your intuition is telling you, no, your body actually really needs this nutrient right now. So it might be a good idea to have this food. 
So that's kind of the it's it's the nuance within intuitive eating, I think. And intuition is very nuanced because sometimes people mix intuition with anxiety a lot. Yes. And it's harder to tell than tuning back to the why yeah. and the energy, which is more clear and more in your control. Exactly. And that's the thing is that it's hard to do intuitive eating if you haven't done the work, like I was saying, to actually uncover your intuition and differentiate it between your ego. Because your ego will try to tell you things and try to pass as your intuition sometimes. And that's not true. Yeah, totally. Let's talk about plant-based diets also. Yes. Because I want (laughs) to dive into that. And I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet as much. And, I mean, we've talked about it off camera before. But I used to be vegan. I was vegan for a very short period of time in lockdown. I wasn't eating any meat, any animal products. Like, I cut out everything. Like... I also cut out gluten and I also cut out dairy, like, all at once. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, pretty deep into orthorexia at that time. And then I added in eggs and I added in um, fish, but I still wasn't eating gluten. I still wasn't eating dairy and none of the other meats. And then over time, I have peeled back all of those restrictions on my body and now I eat everything. Mm -hmm. So first I added back in red meat because my um, acupuncturist was telling so me that I might need the iron for my cycle uh-huh. and then I added in chicken and turkey later and then once I removed that then I added I was like you know what if I want to go out to an Italian place and I want pasta like I'm gonna get it like I don't yeah. have celiac right um so that's been my experience and then the dairy as well like I love you know, Greek yogurt bowls or like whole milk every now and then so I feel like for me, it's been really freeing and I feel much more energized. I feel like I'm glowing more now that I'm eating animal protein again. And also we've talked about this, but like protein is so important for our bodies, for our blood sugar. So and important. if you're being plant-based, it's, that's where you get the biggest con in my opinion. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of additives and like junk in that that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your experience with animal meats yeah. and like the process of integrating it back into your life or just your even like perspective as a dietitian on the topic yeah this is such a nuanced topic too because there's ethical implications involved so it's not black and white yeah but for me and I'll share on my experience I was vegan for almost eight years so when I wrote that paper yeah what age to what age I think it was 14 around 14 it wasn't a full eight years but it was around 14 15 when I wrote that research paper to uh, how old am I? 23. <laughs> so almost 10. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, well, this no, is, no, this no. was a recent switch, um, right after my 23rd birthday. Okay. Is when I switched. So and almost so, a year ago. Yeah, almost a year ago. And what happened was, you know, veganism actually really served me for a really long time. Cause mm-hmm. as I said, diving into the nutrition literature and actually learning about how important it is to fuel your body, it made me not scared to eat anymore which I think was really valuable for me at that time. And I also think that, you know, I was, once again, trying to do my best. I thought this was the healthiest thing for me. I was reading scientific literature. I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, these doctors were all, you know, prescribing it and using it in their practices. And so I thought that I was doing the healthiest thing for my body. And it really did serve me for a long time. I felt pretty good for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um. And then my body started kind of giving me little hints and signs that it wasn't working for me anymore. And it was really hard. Those signs were, you know, they were physical. Mm -hmm. They were they were little intuitive hits, but there were physical things going on. Gut issues, um, 
my bone density got really low and you know I think that was a consequence of the eating disorder those were kind of the most formative years of bone building and bone density is really hard to build back can you explain to me what that means yeah bone mineral density is basically like your bone mass how dense your bones are so you know some people when they have low bone density will get osteoporosis so low bone density is essentially called osteopenia it's like you're in that range where your bone density is lower than it needs to be and then your bones are not as strong as they need to be and then osteoporosis is when there's actual pores porous bones okay and that's you know gonna cause bone fractures and it's not good because when you're older and you have osteoporosis if you fall that could be really really dangerous so I'm on a mission right now to build my bone density, and that was one of the main reasons that I switched back to eating animal protein because I was eating – when I found out my bone density was low, I got a DEXA scan, and I found out I started eating way more plant-based protein. Like, I wanted my bones to be more dense. I wanted to rebuild bone, but it just wasn't cutting it. And the thing with plant-based protein is that the bioavailability is just not there. And the amino acids Yeah, the amino acid profile is not there either. I mean, soy has a pretty similar amino acid profile, but if you can't tolerate soy or if you just don't like to eat soy, like what are you going to do? Eat beans all day? And beans are actually primarily a starch. They have a lot of protein in them. Same thing, like I think people have this misconception, like if you're eating nut butter, right? That just because it has some protein, it's a protein. No, it's a fat. It's like the same with like what you're saying about beans. It's like primarily it is a starch. It is. And but even, it does have a lot of protein. Even too. nut butter, like it's it has protein, it has fats, it has carbs too. Like it's nothing is one macronutrient usually, but yeah. When it comes to animal protein, it is actually mostly protein if you get, like, a lean chicken breast or turkey breast, things like that. Like, that is actually mostly protein. And there's a very, very small amount of carbs in animal protein, just like mm-hmm. the glycogen left in their body. So, mm. in their, in their yeah, in the meat. So, essentially, the protein is not, is not as high quality. It's not as bioavailable. There's a number that each protein has called the PDCAS, P-D-C-A-A-S. It's essentially the absorbability and the bioavailability of each protein. And, like, eggs and poultry are at the top of that list and meat. And then, like, when you look at legumes and nuts and things like that, they are not up there. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, they're lower okay. on the list. So they're they're literally proven not to be as bioavailable. And they also have limiting amino acids, which essentially means they like don't if you're have... you're trying to build Yeah, muscle. they don't have all the amino acids that you need. Specifically for muscle building, but also for... But also just for anything, like the essential amino acids that you need to get from food. They don't have all What of are the best benefits of having an amiso- a good amino acid profile diet? Well, a good amino acid profile means that you're getting a complete protein. Right. And a complete protein is what you need to build muscle for all your other, you know, bodily syntheses and processes. Like... You need protein for enzymes and you need enzymes for metabolism. Like everything that you do requires protein. Your hair, your nails, these are all made of protein. So if you want to build muscle, if you want to grow your hair, if you want to grow your nails, if you want to optimize your body's functioning, you need bioavailable complete protein. Yep. So. Wow. Yeah. And so if someone listening has been almost in this like ingrained not diet culture mindset, but like belief that plant-based diets are always better. And let's peel back the ethical side of like maybe the climate and, you know, like carbon benefits of eating a more plant-based diet or 
you know, you don't want to eat animals because you love animals. Like, removing right. that just, like, right. from a purely nutritional perspective. Like, yeah. maybe they feel like their body isn't tolerating it anymore very well or, like, their hair isn't as strong or they want to build more muscle and they want to eat protein again but they're scared or they don't know how to start. What would you recommend? Yeah, kind of going back to what I was feeling, along with the low bone density, I had lots of gut issues. My hormones were out of whack, acne, my blood sugars were very dysregulated, and we can talk about that a little more if we have time, but those were all of the reasons. So my body was screaming at me at this point, and the mindset shift that I had to have, and this is what I would tell anyone else if they're in that place, and look, if you feel amazing and you're hearing what I'm saying and you're like, wait, I feel really great, that's awesome. But really be honest with yourself, first of all, because I was telling myself I felt great and I wasn't and my hair was falling out, like all these things. There were so many things going on. And the other thing I would say is be honest with yourself, but also we have to do whatever is necessary for our health, like by all means necessary. I didn't want to eat animal protein. Like I would love to be vegan still. I think it's easier. Mm -hmm. I think it's for me just because I'm so used to it. I think it tastes mm -hmm. better in a lot of cases, but I am willing to do whatever I need to do for my health. And that's sort of the mindset you have to go into it with. Yeah. It has I mean, to be that brutally like honestly so ruthless. Important. Yeah. Like you have to literally be ruthless and you have to be like, in what ways am I lying to myself? Like what am I telling myself to protect this current identity or this current reality or my current beliefs because I'm scared yeah. to change. And even for me, I mean, the biggest reasons I reintroduced it was I felt like if I was at a restaurant and my fiance was ordering a burger, I wanted that burger too, but I wasn't yeah. allowing myself to have it. Or I live with a Brazilian family where we eat a lot of meat. And so I would go home and I would feel so restricted and I low-key wanted to like generationally, like, genetically like i think yeah. i need some of those nutrients and also like for me it was a big uh, a big reason for me also was the hormone balancing like mm -hmm. both from a cycle perspective of needing the iron and like the nutrients but also the blood sugar balance because i know Huge. you just mentioned it but it's like to truly have blood sugar balance you need protein like yes you need fiber and you need healthy fats but protein is so important because if the protein is not there and you're just having carbs and healthy fats, like, it's not that's enough. not the most it's not beneficial enough. combination necessarily. Yeah. And one thing I will say is practicing non-attachment. So there's two things, actually, I want to say about this. One, our bodies are always changing, right? Mm -hmm. So the same thing that worked for me five years ago is not going to work for me today. And the same thing that works for me today isn't going to work for me five years from now. Like, we're always changing. Our cells are literally changing every single second. Our bodies are changing. Our thoughts and beliefs are changing. Our mindsets are shifting. The science is changing. Like we're learning new and newer and newer things every day. So we can't expect the same thing to always work for us. So we really have to practice this non-attachment when it comes to our diets, our routines, our health. Like I didn't have the same morning routine five years ago. I don't think you did either. That's always shifting mm -mm. too. So same thing with your diet. Same thing with the exercise that you do. Like that's going to probably change for me too. Maybe I'll get into weightlifting in five years. But right now, like Pilates is really serving me. But then again, it's not like just because things are changing all the time. Don't let that get in the way of your discipline and of showing up for the of things course. that are working right now. Exactly. But with the veganism thing, for me, I was attached to it, right? It became a part of my identity and I wasn't allowing myself to evolve. 
And then I did, and then I felt really great after. Gut issues went away, no more bloat, energy so much better. My hormones are so wow. much happier. My blood sugar is finally regulated. And now I teach other people to do the same so that they don't have to deal with these things, gut issues, hormonal imbalances. Like these things are very normalized these days and they're not normal. And yeah. we shouldn't have to live with chronic health issues. Like that is not normal. <laughs> so that's one thing I'll say. And then the other thing is that the same thing that works for me isn't going to always work for you and vice versa. So there's bioindividuality too. And we have to really stop comparing ourselves to other people because you might be listening to this like I was saying earlier and you might think you know veganism works for me so exactly whatever I think it's like the more you know the better and education is so important so sometimes you're learning about something and that's going to light something inside of you where you maybe feel it resonates so much and you're like maybe I should try this but don't necessarily try to copy everything that person's doing no right or with anyone really just like always tune back to yourself Yes. And again, your why is so important. So going back to the intention piece, like even your intention with the diet you eat as a whole is important. And my intention in the beginning for veganism was really good, I think. And then it became sort of this identity thing. And my ego wanted to be vegan because, you know, I thought it was better and I thought I was superior. And that's going back to the kind of separateness of kind of making myself superior to other people And really having to go back and understand that, you know, out of God comes all things or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And so there is no better or worse. And also, if you're not setting up a conscious intention, and this is another thing I learned from my mentor, you're letting your subconscious run your mind. And your subconscious is filled with programming. Mm -hmm. It's filled with things that you're hearing in the media that your ego is telling you like it's it's not you right and so if you're letting your subconscious run your life and set up your intentions for you if you're not doing it consciously then that's going to be all the negative talk that you hear it's going to be that toxic diet culture you hear it's going to be oh my god this food's going to make me fat this diet's going to make me fat like whatever you're thinking that's going to run your your life so being intentional about the diet that you eat about the foods that you eat on a day-to-day basis about everything you do I can't stress enough how important it is. Yeah, wow. I haven't heard that in a long time because, I mean, I've read so many podcasts and listened to so many, you know, or read read so many podcasts. I literally <laughs> said that. I've read so many I books. I didn't even process that. <laughs> I've read so many different books. I've listened to so many different podcasts and right. just consumed a lot of information around this. But the way you just said that really clicked something for me where it's like when we hear, you know, I always say this. I'm like, I want to be a conscious parent. Mm-hmm. Like, once I have my kids, like, I want to be too. a conscious parent. Yeah. Right? And I used to always say that. Or I used to say, you know, I had my spiritual awakening. Awakening is just, like, bringing light to your consciousness and to your subconsciousness, too. So that way of thinking about it where it's, like, if I let my subconscious rule the show, then I, you know, I'm coming from a place of my limiting beliefs or just all the programming that maybe doesn't serve me, but also working through your subconscious to try to understand what are those limiting beliefs and working through that is shining consciousness on that subconscious. And then over time, you become a more conscious being, aka a more intentional and more just grounded and sure of yourself person. Yes. And that's a lot of the work that I do is trying to go into my subconscious and clear those limiting beliefs. But there's always more layers and there's always more ways to peel back, you know, to the core of the onion. And there's always going to be more to clear. So 
that's why it's so important to consciously try to do things in your life and, and to be, be mindful of the spiritual ego and oh my being gosh. in that spot of like yes. well i know everything now it's like oh no there's God. always more to learn there's always more to grow from and you're always you always have to be in that learner's mindset the more you know you actually realize the less that you know mm-hmm. like i feel like i feel like i need to learn more and more now that i'm the, at this place of knowledge Whereas, like, eight years ago, I probably thought I knew everything. True. Which is hilarious. But Same. we really don't know so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's do some rapid-fire questions to yes. close out this episode. I feel like we could literally talk for hours. I like, know. We just had a few intentions <laughs> before we hopped on to record. And I was like, I know it's going to flow. And we don't even have to worry about, like, uh, an exact, like, you know, play-by-play of this conversation. No, we did I not mean, plan any of that. Yeah, and it, it was amazing. So thank you so much. And thank let's you. do the rapid-fire. So, yes. First question is, do you have a mantra or a quote that you live by or that you love? Yeah, I have a few. The first one, I've said this a few times, but out of God comes all things. And to really be conscious of not separating myself from the oneness of, you know, all of us. And then another one that I really love is that we create, promote, or allow everything in our lives. Another one my mentor told me. We create, promote, or allow everything in our lives. And you know, that's going back to taking yourself out of that victim mindset. Like we're responsible for our lives. And I know you know this and talk about this a lot, but it's, and it's not to say that there are no victims and that bad things don't happen. And like, I'm not trying to tell you that if a bad thing happened to you, it's your fault. But the victim mindset a lot of the times is a comfortable place because you're detaching yourself from your personal responsibility and and also your power because you're able to change your life if you want it to. And if you actually... You yeah, know, I look mean, look at yourself with honesty. The people with the worst of circumstances have come out of that and r- risen to the top. And it's all about how we react to things, how we respond to things. Like we have control over that. And we also are creating and promoting and allowing how people treat us. Like we teach people how to treat us, right? So if someone's treating me not well, I'm allowing that at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So what it's about, about promoting responsibility promoting like it's the same thing I'm promoting this behavior so if someone is I don't know if like someone's being annoying or whining or putting their limiting beliefs on me like I'm promoting that by you know like almost going along with it it and enabling it yeah 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 I love that so I'm definitely taking that away from this conversation (laughs) and do you have any books that you would recommend to anyone listening yeah so if a lot of the spiritual stuff that I've said resonates with you there's actually a book that kind of describes all of it it also has like a step-by-step on a lot of the tools that I mentioned and other tools that I didn't mention that I do like freeform writing which is essentially where you write and then you let your subconscious anything like write what you need to write and then you burn it is it Course in Miracles no it's called Spiritual Warrior this book it also in it has the type of meditation that I do anyone's interested wait that sounds really familiar it's by john roger the guy i was telling you about earlier yeah and it's so short so easy to read like it's amazing so that's a really good one and another one that i love is the four agreements which i mentioned and the surrender experiment by michael singer oh my god recently so many guests have been recommending that one you oh my god you have to read it because i've read untethered soul right so untethered soul is like his spiritual teachings and the surrender experiment is kind of the story of his life and how he came to those spiritual teachings it's really cool. i have to read it i yeah. have to okay next question what makes you feel like your higher self or your Ooh, best self? i love this question i think for me 
being of service is a huge one, which goes back to my chart probably. <laughs> yeah, like you were Virgo saying. rising energy. <laughs> I feel yes. like my highest self when I'm of service. And also at the end of my meditations, like I am her at the end. That's yes. how I feel. Love that. Love both of those. It's like, again, your chart. It's like <laughs> Leo, like the post meditation, like Leo in, the 12, Leo? Leo in the 12th house. 12th house is spirituality and meditation right. and okay, silence yes. and inner work. Oh, and silence. It's I like love silence. after the silence, the Leo shines. Oh, the best, which is yeah. funny because Leos are known to be like the center of attention and they love to kind of like they're they're social they're out there but like but it's like maybe you are taking the center stage when you're helping other people go within and maybe find more of the silence within themselves Ooh, i love that yeah because i find that the more i grow the more i like silence and the yeah. less i need to be the center of attention wow because i used yeah. to be very you know all yeah. over the place in that se- in that sense it's a little piece of your puzzle yeah Yeah, I love that. And then last question is, if someone didn't listen to anything except this part, what would you want to leave them with? These are such good rapid fire questions. Thank you. I do them in every episode and I'm always so excited to see what comes out. Oh my gosh, I love this one. Um, I would say that, I mean, I'm sure someone has said this before, but really like you are worthy and you're not worthy for any reason. Worthiness doesn't have prerequisites. Like you're worthy because you're divine, because you're a child of the universe of God, like in A Course in Miracles says, like we are all children of God. And once you can actually kind of understand that, you realize that like you don't need to do anything in order to be loved, in order to make your dreams come true. And today I was actually listening to this podcast with Ed Milet and he was saying that, you know, you we all like have these limiting beliefs of like, I need qualifications to help people. And we really Mm. like self-sabotage ourselves. (laughs) by making ourselves think that we disqualify from being able to help others, from living our dream lives, from deserving the things that we don't think that we deserve. And he was saying that like everything that you've gone through up until this point qualifies you to help people who have been in your position, yeah. qualifies you to help people in general and to be the best version of yourself and to make your dreams come true. So yeah, I you love don't, that. yeah, you don't have, you don't need any qualifications. Like you are qualified, you are worthy. One of my favorite podcasts is called In Hindsight or Just Hindsight. Okay. But like H-I-N-D-Z, like Heinz Sites. Uh-huh. And he always says your, I think he says your credentials or your qualifications are in your spirit. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And I love that, right? Yes. That's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So perfect note to end this on. I know. Can you share where everyone can work with you or follow you or listen yes. to your podcast? Yeah, so you can find me at Ava Nuri Wellness, A V A N O U R I Wellness, on TikTok and Instagram, and I'm also taking one-on-one clients. So you can find me on avanuriwellness.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there, and then the podcast is called Thoughts on Thriving. And you should listen I to my episode with Carolina. It was one of my favorites. I love it. We'll have all of that linked, including the episode and your Amazing. website and everything. So. Thank you so much for listening. Thank and thank you, you so, so much for coming on the pod. This was of so fun. Course. This and was so fun. To everyone listening, remember to water yourself and to take care of yourself. And until our next episode, I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Yay. Bye. Bye.